When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Chemist Warehouse June Catalogue Sale is on now. Find a massive 30% off the Thompson's Vitamin Range. This is In the Red with Justin Marshall and Ricardo Ball on SENZ. I'll be here till the end of time. So you got to let me know. It is 7 o'clock. You are listening to SENZ. Mark Watson alongside of me, all black great Justin Marshall, as we celebrate all things Crusaders rugby. A little segment we have every Monday night between 7 and 7.30. It's called In the Red. And Justin Marshall, the newest and one of only three members of the Crusaders Hall of Fame, inducted there on a Friday night. Uh, Justin, good evening. Welcome. Good evening, Mark. Yep, and um, welcome to everybody joining us for In the Red, another Good result for the Crusaders at the weekend, so everybody should be in a pretty good mood. Yeah, I, I want to talk about that. Were uh, the Crusaders superb or were the Waratahs a little underwhelming? Oh, look, I certainly feel that the Crusaders, given their injuries um, and the fact that they had to put some players out there that maybe they didn't think they would want to uh, around this stage of the season and equally against the Waratahs side that's been on a bit of a roll. I think they were four on the bounce that they'd won and they're just starting to find their rhythm. Um, so they're probably a little bit concerned about it. But I thought the team that went out there performed really well. Uh, there was a decent contest of it in the first quarter of the game where the Waratahs got on top early. But pretty much the Crusaders managed to resist the majority of that attack. Uh, and then basically ground their way into the game like they do and uh, scored some really nice tries. Um, so I thought they probably got out of the game exactly what Scott Robertson would have liked them to get out of the game, given the team that he put out there and the quality of the opposition. But in that, the quality of the opposition was off. They, they, they are usually a better side than that. We didn't see enough uh, consistency in their play. Uh, some of their decision-making was poor, uh, they put a lot of ball on the ground. They got quite a bit of ball stolen at the breakdown. Players taking it into the contact got the ball ripped from their grasp, which doesn't happen that often. Mm. And then tactically, they just made some bizarre decisions, including when they under massive pressure, uh, they managed to force a line dropout by holding up uh, David Harvey. I think it was. Oh, no, no, actually, I digress. It was a little bit later in the game. Um, they went back for a penalty on the Havili one, but they managed to hold another player up over the line. And for their 22 dropout, they they put it in the air inside the 22. <laughs> so they didn't kick it long at all to relieve the pressure they'd just been under. Mm. And no one competed for it. They gifted it back to the Crusaders, basically, and six phases later conceded a try. And I was just scratching my head going, mm, what the hell were you up to there? The injury concern to David Harvey at second 5-8. Um, Jack Goodyear having a week off, but you'd imagine Jack Goodyear will be back this week. You've got Dallas McLeod who can also play at second 
How do things start to shape up in midfield with the injuries they have had looking forward to this game this weekend against the Hurricanes? Well, the good thing about, as you mentioned, the centre situation is they've got plenty of options. They placed, played, they had a late last-minute change. They played Lestifying Anuku there on the weekend. He was named on the wing but then had to shift to centre um, because, uh, you know, when you've got that ability to shift from wing to centre, then you're, you're well-serviced in that department because you've got a guy that can play both those positions, that can slot in and play them both quite you know equally quite as good as the other so that's that's a real good headache to have uh, and then as you mentioned Dallas McLeod can sh- uh, slot in there um, you know Jack Goodhue finding his way back into the side and, and getting himself uh, consistent rugby is probably the key for him but probably their most consistent performer arguably throughout the season has been David Harvelli. he's been kind of their rock at times, Moonga um, has been uh, missing. Bert, Eno's been missing. I find who's played centre or Dallas McLeod's played twelve. But in general, most of the season, apart from when he had a bit of a shoulder niggle, David Harvelli's been the most consistent player that just performs week in and week out. And he gives he gives them good options. He he steps in as a good kicking option. He comes in as a first receiver. You'll notice a lot on their strike plays from. Um, scrum and from line out the Crusaders often sit Moonga in behind him or whoever's playing first five and he becomes kind of like the playmaker decision maker Um, and it often goes directly to him he has wingers running off him inside and out he has centers coming on a short line Um, he has fullback out wide and then he has the first five which is usually Moonga drifting in behind and he's just very good in, in, in that capacity to make good decisions to hit the right player so yeah, look, they can cover his loss, but equally, you know, nobody replaces the skill set he brings. So they lose a little bit of their game plan for the time that he's going to be out. And with a bad hamstring tear, you know, you'd be thinking it's at least minimum of four weeks. Of probably even bigger concern, the injury to Cullen Grace at eight. Um, clearly, we didn't have Scott Barrett playing on the weekend. I'm not sure what the situation mm. is with Ethan Blackadder, but how do you replace Cullen Grace? How does your loose forward trio look for this game this weekend? Well, you know, you've got to look at Christian Leo Willie's situation as well because he limped off. Of course, off yeah, absolutely. Not looking, he didn't look very good when he limped off. Um, you know, it took him a long time to get to the sideline and he had to stop two to three times just to regroup and then try to make his way there. So you would think that his injury isn't something, unless it was real bad cramp, um, but I haven't heard anything more about his injury, but it didn't look great. So you lose another cog in that loose forward wheel. Um, how far away Ethan Blackadder is, is your guess is as good as mine. Um, again, the one common de- denominator in this mix seems to be um, Tom Christie, who just keeps trucking on, keeps fulfilling his role. So, They've got good reassurance in that jersey, but as in, like you said, number eight and blindside, they'll be starting to get a little bit worried. Now, look, I guess the one positive is, Watto, that should it come down to the nitty-gritty, they, they've got Sam Whitelock back, and I thought Sam Whitelock was very close to being the best Crusader on the field. In mm. fact, I, I see the Crusaders themselves 
uh, named Richie Moonga as their player of the of the round. But in my mind, I thought quite convincingly. I thought, no disrespect to Richie, I thought Sam Whitelock was he was next level, mm. energised. He played well. He set up tries. He he tackled. He got crucial turnovers. He was the Sam Whitelock you would expect. I thought you know he deserved probably the recognition of being the player of the day. But back to my point is. They've got Sam Whitelock back and fit and enthused about getting back on the rugby field. Quinton Strange slots in there seamlessly, plays good rugby. You could move Scott Barrett to the blind side. Yep. You know, should they need it, and and they don't, they wouldn't lose anything by doing that with his work 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 ethic and work rate. So they can have that ability to have players sort of shift around in amongst there, but. Yeah, it is a bit of a concern that the depth is starting to be hurt in that area. Yeah, Zach Gallagher is another one that came off the bench too, and he clearly mm-hmm. can play lock as well. So that does give them some options, at yep. least in the locking department. And then do we rely on the Centurion for the Blues, uh, John Arthoa? Is he likely to <laughs> is he likely to start again yeah. for the Crusaders this week? The, I'm not sure how I feel about that. Well, yeah, but... Oh, I know. I'm sure you don't. Oh, hey, this is a Crusader show. I love the Crusaders, mate. It's my team for the next half an hour. (laughs) Absolutely, mate. And, uh, you know, John John Ofoa, uh, you know what you're going to get out of him. Even at that age of 39, he went out there. He held up his side of the scrum. He he got at least one scrum penalty for collapse on his side. He got around the field. Um, Hey, look, I'm sure by his own admission, he's not the player that he was but he's still able to fulfil and slot into a position where they're really struggling and do a very good job. Um, you know, he's not going to play 80 minutes at any time in the future, but he's still good and reliable enough to hold up his side of the scrum and get around the field. He seemed to be able to do that at the weekend. And the game, you know, did have quite an open flow about it. So he didn't look like he was um, absolutely gassed at any stage. So, yes, I'd imagine that he's still very much in their plans to move forward. Obviously, Tamaiti Williams, for some reason, um, was asked to have a rest. Now, you would imagine that that's come from the top, uh, which means that he's being looked at, or possibly Razor felt he needed one, but that there was no, there's been no real talk about that. Mm. So I'm thinking there's probably been some messaging that, hey, we're really looking at this guy. He's played lots of minutes. Um, he needs a bit of a spell before finals football. But front row is a concern for them, big time. They they are thin in that department. They would not want to lose either Brody McAllister or Cody Taylor at any time in the finals because they are decimated um, up front and uh, they don't have many resources left at hooker. So... It is a concern, the front row, more than any other part uh, positions on the field. You are listening to In The Red, Mark Watson alongside of me, all black great, Crusader great, Justin Marshall, celebrating all things Crusaders rugby. The Chemist Warehouse, the real house of fragrances. We'll take a break. We'll come back with more. Yes, all black great, Justin Marshall alongside of me, Mark Watson, celebrating all things to do with Crusaders rugby. Um, Justin, you were talking about the real challenges for the front row for the Crusaders and just the sheer number of injuries highlighted by the fact that John Arthur came in, um, you know, 100 games for the Blues and here he is at 41 years of age playing for the Crusaders. So the question I've got is then, what sort of side do they put out this week against 
the Hurricanes? Did they put a full-strength side out, or did they put out a second-strength front row, knowing that really they can't finish probably any lower than where they are on the table, which is second? Yeah, it's a good question, actually. Uh, and, you know, I, I actually forgot to say before when you did ask me about um, the centres and David Harvelli, who's been in such good form, uh, and, and given that both teams did approach it in the right manner, I thought it was a bit of a shame that we didn't get to see Harvelli versus uh, Geordie Barrett, um, because you would think they're going head-to-head direct for that 12 jersey for the All Blacks, uh, and obviously the Hurricanes haven't played the Crusaders so far this year. It was the one opportunity where we could see these two guys go head to, you know, go, go at each other, and um, now with Harvelli out, that won't happen, but yeah, back to your question. Um, it's really interesting, isn't it? Uh, where, where, where they had their mindset. Um, I think we sort of spoke about it yesterday. Uh, about you know, I mean, my point is, do, do, the... do, do you risk your stars this week and save them, or do you put your best team out and get some momentum? Yeah, well, that's it, isn't it? You know, like, um, the hard thing about it is, what are that? When you're at this stage of the season, and I know through my time with the Crusaders, when we were hitting this part of the season, we weren't looking to hold back, put it that way. We were looking to make statements in the last two to three rounds of the comp um, in the regular round robin to put uncertainty to a degree, maybe a bit of respect, if not that, hopefully a bit of fear in the opposition that we were, should you come to get us, ready to rock and roll. We were on good form. We had players playing well. We had real rhythm in our game plan and we weren't going to back off. And I'm, I'm of the mindset that that's Scott Rabers, uh, Razor Robinson's thought process as well. Uh, I certainly feel that they've got to sort of probably macro manage a few areas that are of concern should they, you know, suffer more problems in a game. But I don't ever feel that you know, it's all about planning for the worst. It's just about dealing with what's, what is what is yep. in the now. Yep. Um, and the now is just, you know what, we'll put out our best side. If it's John Ofoa at tight head prop, then he's there and we just get on with it. And if we somehow miraculously get David Harvelli back in a couple of weeks, three weeks out of the blue, then that's great. But right now, at the moment, we're just going to put our best side out and stop us if you can, Hurricanes. Justin, I'd like you to just, you've been there, just take us through how the the week in the lead up to a game works. How much do you build your game plan around your opposition? Is it 80% you stick to what you do and your structures and then you tweak it based on what they do offensively and perhaps the way they set up defensively and every team will be slightly different? I mean, how does that work? When do you sit down? When when are those conversations had? Does everybody look at the video? Um, just, Just talk us through that process. Yeah, it's a good question, uh, Watto, and um, absolutely, you you do break down the game and break down the week um, around the opposition and the team you're playing. Uh, The coaches, believe it or not, would have done their research for this particular game at the weekend to put it in perspective to people listening two weeks ago, sometimes even three weeks ago. They are working behind the scenes looking at their future games and starting to already plan towards what they're going to do and looking at trends, getting algorithms, uh, and then starting to think about how that they 
put pressure on the opposition and how they slightly tweak their game plan, but they don't tell or talk to the players about that. Then come to this week, come Monday, they will present to the players a picture and the players will look at it and they'll say, well, this is what we've seen. This is the trends of the Hurricanes. This is where they're strong. Um, they will certainly say one guy that we want to keep out of the game as much as we can would be Artie Savia. So we've sort of got a game plan around keeping him out of the game as much as we can. And when he is in the game, putting him under the most pressure that we can so that he doesn't thrive. And then secondly, they will go, this is where they're strong. This is where we're strong. This is where we feel we can attack you. Uh, then what do you think? And then they'll give it over to the leadership group who will, who will be in charge of game plan, line out calls, scrum attack, and they will have their input. And then they'll correlate what the players think with what the coaches have seen and go into the week of training uh, to beat the Hurricanes. And, and that's the process. And equally, the Hurricanes will be doing the same thing. Okay, so from what you've seen yep. of this Hurricanes team, what what will be... You've mentioned clearly, and everybody knows this, take Artie Severe out of the game, and I think you go a long way to shutting down that guy that sort of mm. uh, leads the way and everybody sort of follows. Uh, but the other areas that yeah. they will be concerned about that they'll be highlighting? Well, they'll be worried about them getting too much good quick ball because if Roy Gard gets on the front foot, he's he's dangerous. Um, they will be looking to put a heap of pressure on their, on their tens because they'll feel that that's an area that the Hurricanes are growing. Um, they've got Brett Cameron back. Um, Aidan Morgan's been going well. But in general, it's an area that the Hurricanes have had a hole and a void that they haven't replaced since Bowden Barrett. So they'll look to heap a lot of pressure on that jersey. Uh, and and um, if I could give people an idea of, well, what do you mean by that? Uh, there's no doubt in my mind that the All Blacks, every time Quade Cooper gets the jersey on, uh, for the Wallabies, the All Blacks know that he does not like people getting under his skin, cramping his time, putting him under pressure, tackling him to the ground, and letting him know that he's that he's um, he's not as pretty as what he think he thinks he is. Believe me, and he's never played well against the All Blacks, Quade Cooper. If you go across all the Test matches, and that's so that's the All Blacks just being smart and picking on them, picking on a player every time. He must feel awful. He must be thinking, oh, no, I've got these guys at the weekend. There'll be 23 of them coming at me and making my life a misery. That's, that's yeah, but, the way that they, I think they'll go at the Hurricanes. They'll go at that jersey really hard because they won't want Proctor, uh, Ryasi, um, and, and Co. Morby. They won't want those guys getting into the game. Naholo, they'll want to shut them down. So they'll try and do it before they can get ball. And then secondly... They will go hard at the tight five. I thought the Chiefs, the Hurricanes put up a decent fight against them. Yes, no, Adi Sabir, but I thought in that game in horrible conditions, the Chiefs, when they got into the 22, they just got physical with that tight five and they just bullied them a bit. And the Crusaders, I think, will target that zone as well. We touched yesterday on Walker Lewiri, the lock for the Hurricanes and his mm. sort of rise, but perhaps the one area of weakness is discipline for him. Is that a discussion where you try and try and niggle or try and exploit the discipline of a player, knowing that you know they can lose it and they can give penalties away, that you can live rent-free inside their head, which leads to them doing dumb things? Yep, yep. It's, it's just a little bit of needle, you know, like just uh, just a little bit. What well, halfbacks just a little that bit? You've got to be very careful. Yeah, just <laughs> <laughs> yes. Well. 
yeah. you know, we've got extremes in this, haven't we? Yeah, really, we have. when you think about it. Yeah. But um, yeah, th- th- there's there's a there's a balance to get right, and that's not overemphasizing the opposition too much. So, like I said, they'll probably go real hard at that ten jersey and Artie keeping him out of the game, and then in their big team dynamic, they'll they'll say get physical, particularly in the twenty two with the forward pack, make them make tackles, make them keep getting up. But they won't try and focus too much on all individuals because that then takes away their pattern and their thought process. But in the back of their minds, they will look at discipline. And all those algorithms I'm talking about, they will look at, this is how unbelievably uh, down to the um, sort of second in the game that that, that is now analysed, they'll be able to look at their football field on a, on a picture, the analyst will put it up there and he'll have red dots all over the field at where the Hurricanes give away their penalties the majority of the time. And so they'll go, okay, this is where they really feel the heat and they and they get they know their discipline waivers. And secondly, they'll have a list of players up there and these are their major infringers. And alongside that, it'll also have these guys also, when they majorly infringe, get yellow cards. That's how much research they do. So yeah, Walker Lawiri will definitely be in their in their sights, but it might not be in a team focus. But the players will be aware of it because they would have been given that information. Mm. A loss for the Crusaders this weekend would it be a major setback heading into the playoffs, or would they just look at this as you know just part and parcel and the lack of depth and they've got the experience, they've got the history, um, they've got the legacy to just continue to move forward. No, in my in my mind, um, I've always got yeah. a huge amount of respect for the Hurricanes because they're such a dangerous side. And to be honest, if there was ever a side I really didn't want to meet come finals football, it was them because they were just capable on their day. You know, remember a couple of years ago, I think it was, they came down to Christchurch and they put the Crusaders away. They just produced the performance. They're capable of doing that. So you do not want to give them any form of of confidence. You don't want to show any vulnerability against them. You want to keep, for the one of the old rugby cliche, the foot on the throat. Keep them down and don't let them puff their chest out. They're too dangerous a side to allow to do that. If I'm Razor and I'm Sam Whitelock and I'm that team, Scott Barrett, all their key decision makers, their big players, I'm thinking, don't give them a sniff, boys. Just put them away on their home patch. They're not going to be back there because it's unlikely they'll have any home... um, finals football just don't make them feel good because if they do they could come and bite us in the ass at some stage in in, in finals football even in a final so no they won't they won't button off mate i surely hope they don't i, I think i know them well enough that they'll go at them uh, big time chemist warehouse chemist warehouse the real house of fragrances dhl super rugby pacific is underway your dhl super rugby crusader of the round justin yeah, I think I gave it away early because I forgot about the, the, the DHL <laughs> Crusader of the day when I said Moonga got it. But uh, no, Sam Whitelock for me. I thought some of the things he did in that game were just what the team needs when when particularly they've got a few players out and a few big players and they started to suffer some injuries. He just kept going and going and going as you expect. And uh, his leadership and the, the, the I guess the involvements he had in the game 
were all of the highest quality. So, yeah, Sam, Sam White like, gets that award this week. Okay, and your DHL Super Rugby Pacific Player of the Round. <laughs> yeah, like yesterday, uh, <laughs> I mentioned the Blues performance. It was outstanding, and uh, I thought they really stepped it up a notch after, um, you know, probably having a couple of average performances, albeit one of them a winning one, um, and then a loss to the Crusaders. But Mark Talia. Uh, was absolutely outstanding. Some of the some of the things he done on that rugby field is exactly what we want from an All Black wing at a rugby World Cup. Just frightening the hell out of the opposition because he's got such freakish touches. Uh, and and a little mention too to Bryce Heem Watto because I want you to keep a smile on your face for the rest of the evening. Yeah, be rude not to. I mean, earlier earlier tonight you were talking about the matchup, the All Black matchup between Harvey and I was like, did you listen to nothing yesterday, Justin? Did you listen to <laughs> nothing, mate? We was Bryce in the conversation. Anyway, uh, the DHL oh, Super. I knew that was the, uh, it's a good thing I haven't brought up Man Abbott Grammy yet. The DHL Super Rugby Pacific. Mm. Catch the action live on Sky Sport or get your tickets at SuperRugby.co.nz. That is another edition, Justin. Look, have a great week, and we'll do it all again on Sunday, my good man. I will, mate. I'm looking forward to the weekend. Should be a belter between the Crusaders and the Hurricanes, and I've got two very nice bottles of Citro Targo Pino on the game with some mates from up there as well, and one of them's Nisbo. So I'm hoping the Crusaders turn up and get stuck in, but it should be a great game. Everyone tune in. Fantastic. Justin Marshall there, All Black Great, and of course now Crusader Hall of Fame inductee, just one of three alongside of Wayne Smith and Todd Blackadder, a great initiative from the Crusaders. Just want to again acknowledge the Chemist Warehouse, acknowledge DHL for their continued support of SENZ. And just on that, if you hear any particular advertisers, brands being advertised on this station and they are part of any sort of future purchasing decision, please go with the brands that support us. They allow us to go to air, hopefully allow us to entertain you, uh, keep you intellectually stimulated. Mind you, a lot of people have never said that I've kept anybody intellectually stimulated. That is us. We come back. We will talk Moana Pacifica. We will talk Pacific Flair with Peter Alatini.